a playlist original. Coming soon. 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 A playlist original. This is the Films at Home podcast, your source for everything home entertainment. Hey everyone, Jeff here from Films at Home. Thanks for coming back to the Films at Home podcast today. This episode is another episode of my Coming Soon series, and today we're covering June 2023. So what's going to happen in this episode is I'm going to talk about all of the major releases and things that I want to highlight that are coming out in June of 2023 on physical media, Blu-ray, DVD, 4K. Then I'm also going to break down some sales numbers from the past month from Media Play News and all of their great research. So we'll look into how the market's been performing, which discs have been the big sellers, what's been really moving the market, what's been shaking things up. And then I also do want to talk about a little bit on how the uh, podcast here is going to work uh, throughout the summer. We are going to take sort of a, a slower approach during summer months. Everyone's busy. I'm busy. So we're going to have uh, a different approach to the the episodes there, which I'll describe for you at the end of the episode. But to kick things off, the first thing we've got to do is we're going to talk about what's coming out in June. And so here we go. First date in June that's going to have major releases is June 6th. So just about a couple days after you're getting this episode. For me, even though these are re-releases, one of the really exciting releases is the release of the Indiana Jones 4K movies. All four of the movies that exist right now, the fifth one coming out later this year, but they're getting slipcover versions with the original artwork. So they had steelbook versions with original artwork, but now they get slipcover versions with that artwork as well, the theatrical art which I much prefer. I actually sold the old Steelbook set with the white covers. Didn't care for that. Now, on top of those Indiana Jones movies, you're also getting the rules of the game on 4K from the Criterion Collection, another real classic movie. This one's 1939. That's coming from Criterion. Probably one I'd wait for a flash sale on. Also getting Lord of War 4K Steelbook. That one's coming from Lionsgate, another one of their really interesting Steelbook designs, and another movie coming to 4K for the first time. And then for new releases, Renfield is the big Blu-ray that's coming out. That's the Nicolas Cage, uh, Nicholas Holt uh, vampire movie. Also stars Jean Ralphio. Um, oh my God, why am I blanking on his name? Um, ben Schwartz, thank you. Wow, um, Ben Schwartz, who I like a lot. He's in that movie. Um, so that's sort of the only big release of the week. There is a Star Trek Strange New Worlds 4K release. There's Tulsa King coming out on Blu-ray. Um, but that's really it for June 6th. Other than that, it's a few re-releases of other things. When we get to June 13th, moving ahead one week, there's actually a fair amount of 4K on June 13th as well. To kick things off, we got Rain Man on 4K coming from MVD. This is going to be one of their first 4K releases, so that's exciting. We've also got John Wick Chapter 4 coming to 4K. That has multiple different retailer exclusives, steelbooks, unique types of packaging. So definitely look into that one. You have a few different options there for packaging. And we're getting Terry Gilliam's Time Bandits 4K upgrade from Criterion. They had previously done the Criterion Blu-ray release, and now Criterion still apparently has the rights, and they're doing the 4K release for Time Bandits. On top of that, there's a Shaw Brothers set coming from Scream Factory, or Shout Factory, I should say. And then there's also the movie Scream, but not Ghostface Scream. This is Scream from 1981, and it's coming to 4K from Dark Force Entertainment. I actually have it already. I'm going to be checking it out. But it's another slasher movie called Scream, but 
from 15 years before the Scream that I think we all know today was released. Now, other than that, there's a couple of interesting Blu-rays, but the one that stands out to me is Dr. Caligari from 1989. That's getting a Blu-ray release. And then there's a couple of MVD Rewind collection releases. There's Witch Trap from 1989, and then there is Kill Zone from 1985. So a couple MVD Rewinds, which are always cool with really excellent artwork. So a big week for MVD with Rain Man and a couple of their Rewinds coming out. Jumping ahead one more week, June 20th. This is a massive day for 4K because this is Avatar. Avatar, The Way of Water, 4K, hits the shelves on June 20th. Um, we also get a 3D version of that. So you have the 4K, you have the 3D, you have multiple Blu-ray uh, retailer packages, all kinds of exclusives, but no 4K plus 3D combo pack, which is a little annoying for people who want all the formats. From 4K on Kino Lorber's slate, we have a couple titles. One, Ronin from 1998, the Robert De Niro movie. This had an Arrow video release before, so another one that Kino scooped up from the boutique labels and put out their own 4K. And then the Manchurian Candidate on 4K from Kino, 1962, the original with Frank Sinatra, which was another one that they took from Criterion's collection on Blu-ray, and they got the 4K rights to. So they continue to do great work on the classics in 4K. And then Paramount has a couple of Tom Cruise movies coming to 4K, starting with The Firm from 1993. That's a 30th anniversary edition. And then they're upgrading their previous uh, Paramount Presents Blu-ray of Vanilla Sky and giving that a 4K upgrade as well. On top of that, the only other thing is Insidious on 4K, which um, just racking my mind. I think that's come out on 4K before, but this is another one of those Sony steelbooks that adds Dolby Vision to the picture. So they're sort of like doing that. Um, I wouldn't call it revisionist, but they're adding Dolby Vision. They must have just acquired the license because a lot of their steelbooks add Dolby Vision grading that their previous 4K releases on their own did not have. Now, outside of 4K, a couple interesting Blu-rays. One is The Covenant. That's a new movie with Jake Gyllenhaal, which is a little bit about um, they're trying to get a guy out of the Middle East who's like a translator for the U.S. Army. I've actually heard that movie is very good. And Skinamarink, one of the most infamous horror movies in recent years. Um, I watched it. I didn't know what to make of it. A lot of people loved it. A lot of people hated it. But that is getting a Blu-ray release from Shudder, and Shudder continues to do great work putting out these Shudder originals on Blu-ray and making sure that although they're a streaming service, they can still do physical media and profit from both, which I think is a lesson a lot of others could learn from with their originals that are on streaming services. You can do both and still win. And then the last one to mention is Red Sun, 1970 movie. This is coming from uh, Radiance Films. So another one in their entries uh, that they keep adding on to. And a couple of criterions, The Servant and Medicine for Melancholy, but I don't think anything like too big there for Criterion fans. Maybe if you're hardcore and you collect them all. And then the last week of the month is June 27th. And this is another big day for 4K. I'm telling you, the 4K format has come a long, long way in the last few years to the point that we're getting, you know, six, seven, eight releases every week now. On June 27th from uh, Scream Factory, we've got two 4K releases. We've got Creepshow 1982 that they're upgrading to 4K from their previous collector's edition. And then Motel Hell from 1980, which they're also upgrading again from a previous Blu-ray collector's edition up to 4K. Now from Warner Brothers, we have a couple titles continuing with that 100th anniversary slipcover art that they've been doing on everything this year. 
we got National Lampoon's Vacation from 1983. So we already got Christmas Vacation. Now we get the OG Vacation. And it's the 4K release, Blu-ray release, everyday release of Evil Dead Rise 4K on physical media. So that's one that I wish I had seen in the theaters, didn't have a chance to, and cannot wait to watch on physical media at home because I've heard great things. Now, Arrow Video also has Mall Rats coming out on 4K and Waterworld coming out on 4K. So a couple of additional Arrow Video releases there. And then just a couple Blu-rays to mention, but Irreversible from Vinegar Syndrome. This is a big one, Gaspar No movie that I think a lot of people have been looking for. It has the original cut and the straight cut. And then Arrow Video also has the Enter the Video Store box set, which is a very cool set of like mid to late 80s um, video store classics. Empire of Screams, The Dungeon Master, Dolls, Cellar Dweller, Arena, Robot, Jocks. So tons of stuff in there uh, for for the real hardcore like video rental fans. You're probably going to find something in that box set that most likely you have not seen in a, in a very long time. So that's cool. Um, and then I should mention Mallrats also has a, a cool steelbook as well. But other than that, there's some other Blu-rays. Again, there's like 20, 30, 40 Blu-rays coming out every single week. But the only other one to mention, I think, which is big for people, I know they've been mentioning it for a while with me, is uh, Young Sherlock Holmes coming to Blu-ray for the first time from Paramount. And this is a movie from 1985 that I think a lot of people uh, remember fondly. Uh, as as fans of, of this film, especially if you grew up in the 80s and it didn't have a Blu-ray release and it's getting one now and hasn't been really like promoted that heavily. But on June 27th, you can get young Sherlock Holmes on Blu-ray and the pre-order is just 15 bucks. So it's a really good deal. Now, shifting gears here, that's what's coming out in June. Another big month, dozens of 4K discs to look at, boutique horror, classic films, new releases, all kinds of just awesome, awesome stuff coming to 4K as has been the case for many months now. But with that, what does it mean for sales? How are sales actually doing? Um, and so, you know, if we look back at just the last couple of weeks and sales reports, um, stuff is still down pretty significantly in May. And I think that's because there weren't really any major drivers in May. You're thinking, you know, you're you're three months out from theatrical, so you're looking at movies that came out in like February, March, which is usually a pretty dead time for theatrical movies. Um, there weren't any real big catalog titles, like Knock at the Cabin was one of the big new releases, but other than that, there wasn't a whole lot. If you look at the top-selling discs, yes, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania came out, sold okay, but again, not one of the big you know, Marvel movies recently, um, Knock at the Cabin, there was a Yellowstone season, but a lot of stuff like Cocaine Bear did okay with sales. But if we look at it, you know, the, the top 20 Blu-rays, it's kind of weird because the Italian job for some reason was number one for the last week of May. And don't know why. That's a really interesting one. Star Trek, Strange New Worlds, Fast and Furious, Ant-Man, Plane, Top Gun Maverick, Black Adam, Knock at the Cabin, Black Panther, F9, Megan, Cocaine Bear. Like there was not much that came out um, recently. There just, there wasn't much. I mean, those same titles still are in the top 10, Black Adam, Plane, F9, Top Gun Maverick. Those are in the top 10 of the UHD 4K market share, um, even weeks and weeks and weeks 
after they've been released. So there just wasn't much in May that really pushed sales. And even a movie like Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania um, only sold 30% on 4K. Knock at the Cabin only sold 8% on 4K. So these movies that are coming out on 4K still are not selling a ton. Now, Knock at the Cabin did sell 51% on Blu-ray, but still half of people out there who are buying a new movie like Knock at the Cabin, they're grabbing the DVD. 31% of people who bought Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania bought it on DVD. And for a TV show like Yellowstone Season 5 Part 1, which is the number two seller in May, 83% of people just bought that on DVD, did not buy the HD Blu-ray. So it just continues to go to show like, these movies are popular on DVD. DVD still outsells Blu-ray like many times over. 80 for Brady, another one. 30% Blu-ray, 70% DVD. Cocaine Bear, 39% Blu-ray, 61% DVD. This is what's happening. This is just, it's what's happening out there is DVD is still selling. And this still blows my mind, but every week I look at this, 50 4% of people bought Top Gun Maverick on Blu-ray or 4K, which means almost half of the people that are watching that movie at home are watching it on a DVD. So these trends just, they continue, right? I mean, it's not, not much is changing. The, the DVD format is still 60, 70% some weeks. Blu-ray is between 20 and 30 and 4K, even on a good week, like May 20th was a pretty good week. It sold 14%. It's been below 20%. It's been below 10% in some past weeks. So, you know, it's it's just, it's niche of the niche. It's really a niche market. Even Blu-ray HD, 1080p Blu-ray, a very, very niche market. It's just not something that really sells a bunch. DVD still drives this market and will continue to drive this market for a very long time. Um consumers that's that's what they want they want dvds so that's what stores are giving them now for for news in the past couple of weeks the big thing that i've been paying attention to uh personally has been the the shakeup of disney plus and hulu uh removing shows so this is again you know this is a reason why when i talk to people and i talk to filmmakers especially they're like i want my tv show I want my movie, I want this stuff to be on physical media because otherwise it just disappears. And Disney Plus removed some stuff like Willow, which was actually pretty well received. Uh, they just removed it from Disney Plus, it doesn't exist. Maybe they'll license it out somewhere else, but it's gone. Um, they also removed uh, a Marvel show, and I didn't know this show, Runaways, um, but it had three seasons. It was a Marvel Studios TV show. It's gone. They didn't even tell people that was leaving the service. They just pulled it off the service. So stuff like that is really, it's just concerning because like, if you liked that show or you liked Willow, um, like literally, how do you watch it? You are forced to get it through you know, other means, you know, this is why piracy is going to keep hurting the industry and they complain about it and they say, oh, piracy hurts us and all this. And look, I understand that. Like if you're pirating, you know, Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania, which is widely available on every digital platform, it's widely available on every physical media format. Like if you're pirating that, then yeah, you know what? I think you kind of suck. You're stealing money from people who work hard on these movies. But what are you supposed to do with a willow? 
What are you supposed to do with runaways? What are you supposed to do with content that gets removed from Netflix or Hulu or Amazon Prime or um, Apple TV? Or like, what are you supposed to do other than pirate this stuff if you want to watch it? Like this is, they complain about this as hurting the industry, but they're not doing themselves any favors by not making shows and movies accessible. And it feels like every week now we hear more about this got taken off Netflix, this got taken off Disney Plus. Now we got HBO Max, which has become Max, the place to go for HBO, which is like horrible. Why didn't you just keep HBO in the name? Um, there was a really funny thread on Twitter of people making fun of that, of like um, like the sequels to, to HBO, HBO Max and then Max and then like Max, the Max, the, the Furious and like Max 3, the, you know, they were like coming up with sequel names because max the place for hbo just like makes no sense there's a really funny thread out there if you find it but um you know that's just another place where like stuff will disappear stuff will come off of there content will disappear and people are uploading it online and it's the only way to get it and i don't i really in that case i don't know what the industry wants people to do if they can't access things um it's just it's really annoying. It's really annoying. So I did want to cover that. I've talked about this many, many times on the channel. Like I, I've talked about, you don't own digital media. Streaming services aren't catering towards, you know, the filmmakers. They aren't helping them. I mean, look, they're all going to go on strike in the next few weeks. And I think it's, it, it's no, like, it's just not going to work out the way they're doing things. And a lot of this comes down to streaming residuals and the way they're handling people's content. And I'd be pissed too. If I spent my, you know, uh, a year and a half, two years making a show like Willow, which everybody received really well, but just like didn't get as many views as they wanted. So we just pull it off the service to save, to save what? To save space? Like it's, space is unlimited. Put it in the cloud. Like, I don't know why they're removing stuff like that. So it's just really odd, but just goes to show like physical media is really the only way forward for filmmakers. And I think more of them need to fight for their stuff to come out on physical. Um, the other thing that I wanted to talk about, which is really um, good news that came out of Best Buy, believe it or not, uh, just last week, May 25th, Best Buy reported their first quarter earnings, which is a publicly traded company they do, um, which ended April 29th. So you're looking at the first quarter of the year ending April 29th. They had entertainment revenue. Now, this includes DVDs and Blu-rays, 4K discs. This includes video games, uh, software, books, music CDs, stuff like that. But you know, you have to think their biggest driver is going to be movies and video games. They don't sell a ton of books. They don't sell a ton of CDs. They actually saw their revenue go up by $22 million from the previous year period. So um, this was actually an increase of 4%, whereas they had a 14% decrease in the previous year period. So it's kind of interesting. Like, you know, Best Buy has been declining overall sales-wise, like 10 to 11%. Um, but and even though domestic like revenue of this stuff is down a lot, um, it's just interesting that their entertainment revenue went up, which is kind of a good sign. Like, and this wasn't triggered by Black Friday. This wasn't triggered by like any big sales like that. It wasn't like Black Friday way up to their entertainment revenue. Um, it was actually a slow time of year, January, February, March, April. Um, and they, they saw an increase. We don't see many increases. So even a 4% increase over last year, $22 million. I mean, Best Buy will pay attention to that. They'll say, well, geez, if we can get 4% each month, all of a sudden we've made a hundred million more dollars than we did last year on our entertainment. 
And if other segments start to shrink down, I don't know, maybe they maybe they rethink what they're doing and maybe they pay a little more attention to physical media. Um, I still think it's going to be something you have to buy online for the most part. That's why our, uh, all the retailers are moving is going to be into a, an online space. It's going to be e-commerce because the floor space for this stuff just doesn't make sense for big retailers. And I get that, but it's just really interesting to see Best Buy, you know, a place that hasn't been doing a ton of physical media recently and has been shrinking it actually get an increase there could be a good sign so that's the news and now just a little news on the podcast here and uh you know the youtube channel whether you watch on youtube if you're listening along this all applies but um this is the the first episode of june and for june july and august it's summertime i've got kids we're going on trips um i'm taking some time off of work I got lots to do around the house, lots to do around the yard. It's a busy time of year for me. I know it's a busy time of year for everybody. So instead of doing a weekly podcast episode with new guests every week, um, which has been a lot to keep up with uh, for the summer, given that everyone's busy, guests are busy, I'm busy, we're going to do one a month. So you'll actually get two podcast episodes a month. You'll get this one for June, and then you'll get one guest sometime in the middle, late June. Then you'll get a coming soon video for July and then one guest for July and the same for August. So two videos, one guest interview each month. And that's the way it's going to go for the rest of the summer, just to keep things kind of in check. Um, I don't want to take a complete break and stop like I have in the past. I've taken a complete break and like stopped for three months. Not going to do that. Going to keep up at least some episodes here, but taking a short summer break. But hey, there's now over 40 different guest interviews and episodes on this podcast. There are multiple coming soon episodes. So by me only doing one a month, this gives you uh, some time to, to catch up, go back, listen to old episodes. You're going on a road trip, you're working outside, you're cutting the grass, you're doing some yard work, pop the headphones in. I got 40 episodes for you to go through, hours and hours and hours of content, and you can listen to it right on Spotify, Apple, uh, you can pop up YouTube, you can get, you know, pretty much anywhere you can get podcasts, I'm out there. So it's a great time to catch up. I'll keep the content coming. Basically, you should expect one episode every two weeks between the coming soon episode at the beginning of the month and then the guest interview at the mid-month point. That's the way it's going to work for the summer. So just wanted to give you guys that update. I think it makes sense. It keeps the podcast going without taking a hard stop. Um, but it just makes sense for the guests and how hard it is to line people up for the summer and how hard it is for me to find time. So we'll get back at it in September and we'll figure out what the cadence is going to be, if it's weekly, if it's biweekly, but we'll get back cranking full time in September with guest interviews and, and more stuff like this. But for the summer, going to be a little bit slow, but hey, plenty of content out there. I know that you guys haven't listened to every episode because how could you? Even my favorite podcasts, I'm I'm behind, you know, dozens and dozens of episodes, but that's the cool thing is they live forever and you can always listen to them. So go catch up all the stuff's on Spotify. It's on YouTube. It's everywhere else. Watch some of the old episodes. If I had to pull out a few favorites, I'd say check out the one with James McCoskey. We talk about the Godfather 4k restoration. That one's really good. The one with Todd Sokolov from Paramount. He's really good. Um, he's worked in home entertainment and, and physical media for a long time and he has great insights. I really enjoyed my episode, of course, with Heath from Serial at Midnight, with Ken from Mid-Level Media, with Mark from Tales from the Shelf. Those guys are all great, great interviews to listen to. Um, Justin Beam, his interview, and Cliff Stevenson, 
those two guys who work on special features were highlights. Um, I, so many great, like I could go on and on. I mean, I like them all, but there's a couple to start with. If you haven't checked those out, go check them out. But like I said, 40 plus episodes, plenty of uh, content for you to consume this summer. And I'll keep it going on just a little bit of a slower pace uh, throughout the summer months. So I appreciate all the support. Thank you for everyone who listens, who watches. It's been really cool to do this. Um, and it's been a lot of fun getting to meet with new people, talk to other collectors, talk to really important, you know, cool guests in the industry, important people that I didn't think would pay attention to me are now paying attention to me because of the podcast. So thank you all. Keep supporting. If you're on Spotify or Apple, make sure you leave a five-star review if you're enjoying it and follow along on those platforms on the audio side. If you're on YouTube, make sure you subscribe here and like the video so others will see it and let me know in the comments what you think of everything. But that's it for this episode. I will catch you guys in a few weeks with the next episode in June, but appreciate all the support. Thank you so much. Stay safe, stay healthy out there. Have a great summer and I will talk to you all soon. Coming soon. Be sure to subscribe to the Films at Home podcast using your favorite app so you don't miss another episode. And while you're there, don't forget to rate and review this podcast, which helps us out tremendously. You can also help support us by watching our short-form content over on YouTube and TikTok by searching Films at Home. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at films underscore at underscore home. The intro and outro were created by Elon Osborne. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.